What color is Bluetooth? Don't you think it's weird that tiles dry us, then we dry them? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hello! Hey! And welcome back to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly comedy podcast where every Tuesday, me, Kit Greer Mulvena, and Roy Powers, who's sitting across from me, uh, we investigate a different paranormal case and try to get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. How are you doing today, Roy? I'm doing fantastic, Kit. And I love the energy in the room today. Uh, we recently on the iTunes store got a, a one-star review. Huh? We got, a, we got a one star and they said that, I think they said- Give the, me the their show, address. They Drop said it pin. used to be good, but now it's gotten bad. They were like, I've been a bit fan for years and now I hate it. And I really think that like, it's not an issue with the quality of the show uh-huh. or like the research that or the comedy. Like I think it's an energy thing. I think we're not giving it enough energy. I see what you mean. I'm just you pulling know. up that review. Uh, yeah, they, they really have lost the uh, they've really lost the excitement and passion to doing the show. Um, some of their views have become kind of weird and outdated over time. Yeah, I think we need to give it more stacks. I think we need to crank up the volume in the room. Let's go. I'm back in Northern Ireland. We were recording in our home studio. I drove here today in Little Bastard, my car, Lightning McQueen. Um, the sun was shining. Weird I, thing to call your car, by the way, whenever the guy who famously drove that car, didn't he die in it? Yeah, he, um, he got wiped out and completely obliterated himself, much like I probably will do in my little bastard. Uh, but yeah, I had the top down, cruising in the, the sun. Unfortunately, <laughs> the car is old enough that it doesn't have, all it has is a CD player. It doesn't have, there's no way to like hook up your phone or do Bluetooth or anything like that. <laughs> right, Rory is driving one of those <laughs> 1940s, like he's eight foot off the ground, giant steering wheel, ooga, horns. <laughs> he somehow hooked a CD player up to it. I don't know how. Uh, and the only CDs I can get, because I'm my mom lives back here in Northern Ireland, is just uh, Christian music, like Christian rock, <laughs> That's worship right, songs. Well, you are painting Northern Ireland in a weird light. We have CDs. We have more <laughs> CDs than that. Not of the house of Mrs. Powers, an <laughs> angel on earth, all right? Uh, I like to imagine that whenever you're driving in the car, you're listening to like, I don't know, corn Slipknot, and then when your mom is coming for a ride, you're like, oh shit, eject, eject. You put in worship CDs. I, I think it's a pretty good way to go because let's face it, I'm probably going to die in that car. So at the very least, if I die listening to like Christian worship Weird songs. Weird amount of acceptance about your fate. It's like you have a death wish. It just means whenever the f***ing angels come to pick me up, they're like, oh, hey, he's rocking out to our shit. Oh, this is, yeah, let's bring him upstairs. He's going to love it up there. You know, it's pretty good. Whereas if I was listening to like Metallica or fucking Cannibal Corpse or some of the hardcore shit that I used to listen to, the devil is yanking me off the earth and dragging me down because he's going to be like, you're going to love it down here, buddy. (laughs) Rory is trying to trick the angels. He's wearing a Cannibal Corpse shirt. He's wearing (laughs) eyeliner and black fingernail paint. I feel like no one's ever gotten to heaven by quote unquote tricking the angels. That's a sign you should maybe be in hell. Hey, it's your words, (laughs) not mine, bud. Can you imagine being in heaven with like all these incredible holy people who have, you know, given their lives to helping others and raising money for the poor? Sure. And they're like, "Um, how did you get in here? I tricked the angels. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bad dude. (laughs) I got Leonardo da Vinci to lick his hand and I... 
I put the stempo in the back of my hand and they just let me walk right in. Mother Teresa opened the fire exit and a bunch of us got in the back. Classic Mother Teresa. Listen, we are getting ultimately sidetracked. We need to get into today's ultimate investigation. Right off the bat, thank you very much in advance to Jason Mercier, Michelle Smith, Sarah Coleman, Josh Chisholm, Selena Smith, no relation to Michelle Smith, I don't think, Scott Campbell, because that's not allowed. You can't get your family members to email in submissions. That is multiple votes from the same household. It will be not considered for future coverage. Uh, Scott Campbell, Amy Hatzajanis, Ben Symes, Simon Penny, and Nicholas Jivan what, what are you doing right now? What this, is this? this is all the people who've requested today's investigation, dating all the way back to 2017. Oh boy, that's got to be, this means it's up there with possibly our most requested case ever. Honestly, I don't know how we missed it. (laughs) They're crying out to cover it, but I can't hear them over the blaring Christian rock (laughs) coming from my tape player. I really think I'll die any second and need to be safe. Rory, let's wind the clock back to July 3rd, 1973. It was Independence Day weekend. So the people of New England had spent the holiday having barbecues, sipping lemonade, and high-fiving one another for escaping the clutches of the bastard British imperialists. Hell yeah, brother. But something curious happened that evening that got people looking at the sky, and I'm not talking about fireworks. One of the first witnesses was a man from a little seaside town called Marshfield, Massachusetts. Bob, of course, a pseudonym, his real identity will have to be hidden, was out in his backyard about 7 p.m when suddenly something caught his eye far above him. It looked like a singular wing of an airplane. Bob thought it might be some kind of space debris hurtling towards Earth, but it soon became clear that it was flying along by itself. He heard one of his neighbors exclaim behind his wooden fence, Holy hell! The neighbors had spotted the object too. It was a strange sight to behold. It almost seemed translucent. Bob could see the blue sky behind it, but the edges were pure white and well-defined. Hmm, this is really strange. Within minutes, the entire neighborhood were out of their houses, gawping at this thing in the sky. It hovered above the town for 45 minutes before disappearing into the clouds. But once it was gone, he couldn't get it out of his mind. He was one of 20 or so witnesses, but he felt duty-bound to report it. So, he contacted the Weymouth Naval Base, hoping they had some answers. And if not, they needed to know something was afoot. Hello, uh, I wondered if maybe you had any aircraft out flying this evening because I saw something I cannot explain and I don't think I'll be able to sleep without knowing. Yes, I'll hold. His call was just one of dozens of reports from at least nine different towns. Everybody wanted to know what they'd seen, but the military couldn't or wouldn't help. Reports flooded in for two straight hours and each of them was turned away with the same reply. We don't know. Wow, okay, so they're not even denying that it exists. (laughs) This is uh, like the first 20 minutes of what happened at Roswell. You know that beautiful 20 minutes when the military was like, it's aliens, I (laughs) guess they're here, batten down the hatches everyone and get your (laughs) rifle, before the general called down the ranks and was like, zip it it's a weather balloon (laughs) yeah 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 this is that that beautiful grace period of just openness where people are like you saw what i better tell my boss and then that guy gets sniped in the back of the head (laughs) yeah bob's like hello hello (laughs) wow this is in this is crazy very mysterious and to this day we don't know what bob and the others actually saw One thing we do know is that this wasn't the first mass UFO sighting in mass state, and it wasn't the last. 
A few years later, in 1979, hundreds of people saw a UFO flying low overhead. It was the shape of a baseball diamond. A what? Brackets, to which the uncultured swine that don't follow baseball, talking to you, Kit, uh, writes Amy, it's a triangle with two straight edges and one curved one. Okay, I think I can gather that that is the pitch you play on. Yeah. The pitch. Okay, yeah. Jesus. And Rory, it turns out that these are not isolated incidences. Far from it. They are examples from a clear and repeated pattern of paranormal behavior all centering over one area. Paranormal researchers documenting these stories like a seasoned detective connecting strings on a cork board across a map of Massachusetts stood back one day looking for a pattern when they suddenly dropped their mug of coffee and exclaimed, Mother of God, realizing that the corks and strings formed a clear shape. We've all heard of the Bermuda Triangle, but it turns out there's a new spooky triangle in town, the Bridgewater Triangle. Ooh, so what we're talking about is some sort of UFO hotspot located in Massachusetts. I wish it was only UFOs, Rory. Really? Because I was going to say, I didn't want to be rude. We've been doing this podcast for a long time. It takes a lot to move the needle these days. A guy seeing a craft in the sky, nothing. It doesn't do n- nothing for me. I, I feel like we have we did an episode not long ago where a UFO landed on Earth, ate a man's jeans off of his body, I think fused with his legs, and then took off into the night sky. Right, and not long before that, a UFO abducted a bunch of children in front of their babysitters and then I think did like open heart surgery on them and dropped them off again. A boy disintegrated (laughs) in front of his parents. Yeah, so I'm just saying we've been in the game a long time. It takes a lot to shock us these days, but it sounds like you're telling me it's not just UFOs appearing in the sky. There is more paranormal activity taking place in this f***ed up triangle. Rory, right now I feel like an anime villain. I'm just grinning ear to ear as you goad me into even suggesting that this case doesn't have the cojones to follow through. This case has too much, more than we need. All right, I'm excited. There have been countless famous UFO reports from within the Bridgewater Triangle, many of which we've already covered. Betty and Barney Hill, the Allagash abductions, and the Newtown Lights, to name but three. But even more surprisingly, There are much earlier accounts on record than that. It was recorded on the morning of May 10th, 1760. Witnesses reported seeing what they described as an inexplicable sphere of fire in the sky above Bridgewater. All that saw it said it was even brighter than the sun. Whoa! It shone so bright that it cast a shadow on the ground in broad blazing daylight. It also made a strange noise that multiple witnesses described as indescribable. Which makes sense. Because <laughs> no, it doesn't. If there was advanced alien technology flying overhead in the 1700s, they wouldn't exactly have the language to describe it. They're not going to say it sounds like f***ing craft work. To describe it, it was indescribable. It was so bright, I couldn't see it. <laughs> it was so fast, it barely moved. When did you say this was? 1700s? 1760. What were we doing at that point? Were we still like... <laughs> if by we, you mean the Europeans in North America, a lot of bad shit. <laughs> no, okay. A lot of bad shit. I just meant like, as a human race, kind of where were we? In North America? Uh-oh. <laughs> Hard to talk about. <laughs> I'm saying, no, don't talk about that. I'm saying like, were we playing with like hoops We were and playing <laughs> with knives and okay. dangerous things. 
we were at the raccoon pelts type of history, I think. Got it. That weirdly was summed it up for me perfectly. <laughs> yeah. We were at, I think we had guns just about, but not much more than that. Not much more technology. <laughs> I know we had guns because we were doing a lot of bad <laughs> shit over there. We didn't get those raccoon pelts legally. <laughs> let me tell you. So let's face it. We got a good old fashioned paranormal triangle on our hands. All the most paranormal things come in triangles. Yeah. The pyramids. How did they do it? Pizza. Why is it so delicious? Mm-hmm. And now finally, the Bridgewater Triangle. What the f*** is going on there? Was that a rhetorical question? I guess did we did cover the Bermuda Triangle, another famous triangle. I don't remember what our conclusion was for that. <laughs> I think it was no. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it was a bit of a different beast. You know, the Bermuda Triangle, I think, focuses mostly on disappearances. Because it is ocean. Mostly ocean. Yeah, So I guess there's not much kind of walking around and looking for paranormal things you can do. The only people who are traveling through it are people in planes or boats, and they tended to just disappear without a trace. Hopefully that's not what we're going to see in Massachusetts. Now, the term Bridgewater Triangle was actually coined by cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman in 1983, who described it as a window area of unexplained occurrences. Yikes. Worrying for a cryptozoologist to be involved in this story when all we've talked about is flying crafts. <laughs> it might be a slight hint of things to come. Notorious pedo hunter James Blasters. <laughs> it's like, what, what, how is he, why is he getting involved? Right, if you move to a town and you just strike up conversation with a local and they're a cryptozoologist, move town, yeah. move to the next town. He obviously has a thriving career in this place. And <laughs> yeah, he should if not you live see here. a guy who claims to be a cryptozoologist driving a Rolls Royce, move town. <laughs> if the cryptozoologist is cycling a busted bike, uh, you know, maybe. Yeah. He could just be uh, strolling through, not getting much work. If the pedo hunter is wearing a Rolex, yeah, got problems. <laughs> Out of context, man. That, 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 <laughs> that's, what a great sentence that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, one, that's one for the out of context to kind of. The peanut hunter is wearing a Rolex. You got problems. <laughs> He's doing very well here because there are men to be hunted. <laughs> now, our triangle of discussion today is 200 square miles in southwest Massachusetts, a little south of Boston. For Massachusetts state listeners, its points are said to be from Rehoboth uh, in southwest across to Freetown at the southeast corner and then all the way up to Abington. Bridgewater is smack bang in the middle. All right, you got to slow down, man. You're throwing a lot of stuff at me here. (laughs) That was just for the locals. Don't worry. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, there are reports of every kind imaginable. Aliens are just the tip of this iceberg. So at this point, you might be wondering why this area is riddled with unexplained phenomena. And like I said, if you know anything about American history, the answer probably won't shock you. Some of the earliest European settlers to arrive in North America pitched up on the East Coast, of course. Uh, However, despite what Texan school books might tell you, they weren't the first people there. Indigenous people were systematically forced from their own land and oppressed by the colonizers. Things went from bad to worse when full-blown war broke out leading some to believe that the sheer scale of the bloodshed caused the land to become haunted or even cursed to this day. But even that level of tragedy and grief is not the whole story. There's another layer to this. You see, in the heart of the Bridgewater Triangle is a swamp. 17,000 acres of swamp, actually the largest in North America. Oh my god! 
It's called the Hokomok Swamp, and it was a vital resource for the Wampanoag tribe for generations. How big can this triangle be if that much of it is swamp, and yet there's still more left? This is where the Wampanoag people would hunt, forage, and even bury their dead. There's a burial ground the size of almost 8,400 Olympic swimming pools. Human remains have been discovered there dating back 9,000 years. Holy shit. The native community revered the swamp. It was both worshipped and feared. Its name literally translates to, quote, place where the spirits dwell. Oh my god. And it's believed that the deity of death and disease lives there. This is like that place from Lord of the Rings where, do you remember in the movies where the Fellowship, I think at this point it's just Frodo and Sam, mm. are like going through the swamp and uh, Gollum is like, don't look in the water. And there's like uh, ghosts and dead yeah. people like in the water. And I think there are people who died or, or the fell first in. thing Samwise Gamgee does? You're going to want to sip from the forbidden juice. <laughs> Bad place to get thirsty. I remember I was walking down uh, one of the canals in London uh, with a few of my friends and we were incredibly hungover on a sunny Sunday. And I was looking down into the canal, just completely zoned out, dead behind the eyes. And at the bottom of the canal, I just saw a bottle of Corona <laughs> da resting down there. And I was like, I can't tell if there is actually a bottle of Corona down there or if it's one of those rivers that shows you your deepest heart's <laughs> desires to try and lure you into the water. And then it's like a merman that ends up eating your brains or something yeah there's a london water rat like <laughs> come in rory yeah we have everything you need <laughs> bronies but this swamp just sounds like a straight up swamp they're not even showing you shit that you want 100 percent. this thing is 50 percent swamp 50 percent souls needless to say based on how important this was to the native people uh, early English colonists called it the Devil's Swamp and thought it was, quote, worthless and planned to drain it and turn it into farmland. Let me tell you, folks, if you're walking through the Devil's Swamp, you're going to want to crank the songs of praise. <laughs> so if the devil or some demons come along, they know to stay away. And if the angels come, you can trick them to letting you into heaven. Uh, what's the idea here? That the radio keeps playing after your moment of death, so then when the angels come to, I guess, take a look at your limp body? Yeah, it's like a crime scene investigation. They're like, all right, what happened here? It's like, well, he clearly tried to drink the swamp water and fell in and got tangled in some bushes and drowned. He seems like a bad man and he seems like an idiot, but he is listening to Raise You Up on Eagle's Wings, so... I guess he was like... Give him benefit of the doubt. Yeah, let's take him up with us. <laughs> the other one's like, no, his iTunes was on shuffle. He didn't even mean <laughs> to listen to that. But I feel like you could also just keep a Bible in your pocket. Like if you, if you are this committed to the bit, you don't have to subject yourself to Christian rock, which I'm going to come on and say it isn't very good. How dare you? Uh, what, so you actually do like it? It pops off, are you kidding me? Some of those songs go hard. I don't think you're listening to it for the sake of God at all. I think you're just listening to it because you think it slaps. Well, I started for the God stuff to be like a better person and everything. Some of it's pretty good. Some of it actually goes hard. <laughs> Two weeks into doing this, you're like, oh God, I guess if I have to listen to it. I mean, that, one, okay, that one's kind of catchy, I guess. <laughs> Let me stick that one on again. <laughs> Just humming to yourself. Raise me up on eagle's wings. Now, this swamp is surrounded by dense forest that many believe to hold a dark power. And you know, now that we're about to enter the woods in our story, 
I want to pause and just say, we're about to enter the woods in more ways than one. Uh -oh. I've been real chill telling this story so far about a story and a place that has absolutely no chill whatsoever. I've been drip feeding you paranormal stories and hints, but I'm holding back an avalanche of paranormal phenomena. I'm straining to fit the Bridgewater Triangle into something that resembles a normal episode, but it's anything but. There is too much going on in this place. I think it's time to open those floodgates. To give you an idea of how fast we're about to fall off the deep end, in this forest, you'll pretty quickly come across a boulder called Dighton Rock. It's covered in ancient carvings in a language that no one knows where it came from to this day. Turn up the music, folks. Things are getting paranormal. Jesus. Okay, this thing is wild looking. A big slab of stone protruding from the earth with bizarre scribblings. They're almost like drawings rather than a language. Pretty much n like nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah. Not necessarily creepy but strange. It shows you that there's something going on in this here forest. Yeah. And genuinely, Rory is not even mentioning the fact that this image is uh, an old-timey one. Since, like, the 1800s, people have been trying to work out what the hell is going on. Some people think these carvings could have been made by a native population, even though it doesn't match any written language. It could have been Vikings that found their way over to the Americas a long time ago, but again, it doesn't quite match up with anything. Yeah. Deep in the woods is an 80-foot deep quarry known by the locals as The Ledge. People avoid it because it compels people to jump to their deaths. There have been instances of perfectly healthy young people leaping off the ledge for seemingly no reason at all. Visitors that escaped with their lives from the forest said that they felt the urge to jump, despite having zero inclination to do so. Ooh, that's creepy. It's like the Overton Bridge in Scotland, where dogs would just leap off all day long. Yeah, dog suicide bridge. Uh, but this one affects seemingly humans. Have you ever had that before? Been up somewhere like really high and uh, just been like, oh, no, I won't jump, no. But like there's a bit of your brain that's just like, ooh, what if you jumped, you know? No, <laughs> you're, you're, nah, me neither, me neither, me neither. <laughs> you're like, no, oh, I would, but I don't have my Christian rock playlist. <laughs> Something no, you want to share? it's fine. It's fine. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. There's another formation called Profile Rock, where reports tell of strange glowing light orbs floating in the air where disembodied whispers can be heard. Now maybe one of the most important paranormal elements to this area is the Devil Swamp is home to a race of cryptids that I don't think we've properly covered before, called Pukwudgies. Never, never heard that before. And they've been intertwined with native folklore for centuries. Their name translates to little wild man of the woods that vanishes. Whoa! According to legend, these swamp dwellers are troll-like creatures, generally described as about three to four feet tall with smooth, hairy gray skin and large ears. According to the native people, they were once friends of the humans and have since turned against our kind. That makes sense. We've done a lot of bad stuff. If they've been around for a while. Although they're the ones living in the Devil's Swamp. So <laughs> well, who's really said, the bad guys? The Devil's Swamp was very much a ignorant European name for what was known by the natives as the place where spirits dwell. Okay, right. That's on us then. <laughs> Never mind. And since they've turned against us, these evil little beings allegedly push people off cliffs and are responsible for others disappearing or dying in mysterious circumstances. Oh my god. It's, it's believed that they could be behind people falling off these cliffs in the first place. That's terrifying. But they're not all ancient legends. There are shocking sightings even from recent years, like this one from the early 90s. Local man, Bill Russo, had finished the late night shift at his second job at the Ironworks, and had rushed straight home to take his dog, Samantha. That's a good name for a dog. I like to think that he has a bunch of dogs all named after the cast of Sex in the City. She was a Rottweiler cross German Shepherd and a big dog that needed a lot of exercise. Bill was a complete skeptic and didn't even know about the region's spooky reputation. So when his huge dog started shaking like a leaf, he didn't suspect for a second that something paranormal could be going on. What is it, girl? But then he heard something his brain could not compute. It kept repeating, getting louder and louder. Turn around and go home. <laughs> Drop the leash. Let the dog fend for itself. Just run. Yeah, you found an Ewok. <laughs> a street lamp was illuminating a circle on the pavement that backed onto the trees. Bill stared in horror as a little creature stepped out of the woods and into the spotlight. It was three or four feet tall. If Bill hadn't seen it moved, he'd have assumed it was a stuffed kid's toy. It must have been a hundred pounds or so with a round pot belly. I'll be honest with you right now, brother. Without blinking, I would drop kick that little <laughs> into a street light. You, all you had to hear was three foot tall and you were like, I can take him. I can kick it. Yeah, I'm not even, I'm no hesitation. 
I'm not letting him get to the, the second round of Kier Iwachu. Because <laughs> it sounds like he's the guy from Indiana Jones that can take hearts out of bodies without touching them. <laughs> At that moment, it motioned with its hand, making a come-hither gesture. That's the heart gesture too, though. <laughs> That's the Indiana Jones heart gesture. Kier Iwachu. Bill couldn't see if it was an arm or a paw, but one thing was clear. It wanted him to approach. Hey, kid, Halloween's over. Take off that costume. But there was no response other than the nonsense words it had been hissing all along. Bill maintains that he wasn't scared. He only fled from the creature because his dog was terrified. He is staunchly of the opinion that he encountered a Pakwaji that evening and that it was trying to communicate with him. The thing was saying, Kier Iwan Chu. Bill thinks it was saying, come here, we want you. Oh, yeah, that's pretty similar. So he remembers what it was saying. That's exactly what it was actually saying. Allegedly. That's so strange. I mean, at least it wasn't violent, necessarily. <laughs> yeah, Intimidating, who knows sure. he was trying to snap his neck if he walked over to it. Um, what are you doing in that situation? I told you, I'm <laughs> drop kicking it into a bush. And then I'm going to crank up the Christian rock. The problem is... Just in case there's more of them in the bushes. <laughs> Tears streaming from your eyes. <laughs> you raise me up. Gear, <laughs> you at you. I'm cranking it so I can't even hear their voices. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually biblically accurate angels. <laughs> you just drop kicked one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you died the second you hit the swamp. You fell and drowned. An angel was saying, come to heaven. And you drop kicked his wings off of his body. You saw an empty Budweiser lying in a dirty puddle. You drowned in it. If I accidentally drop kicked an angel, I think I'd probably take the wings as quick as I could and put them on my own back. So when the angels <laughs> come around. You're not getting into heaven. When the other angels come around, they're like, yo, you, everything okay here? And I'm like, yeah, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I don't know where that guy went. We should head back up. We should head back up. They're like, where did you get Converse Chuck Taylors from? We don't have those in heaven. I'm panting. There's like blood all down my face. (laughs) We should go back up, right, guys? Why don't you guys fly first so so I know how to do it? And then I'll I'll come up I'm kind of tired. Do you think I could just hold on to one of your feet? They take off effortlessly into the sky. I'm flapping. I don't know how these things work. But pretty interesting that we have this really storied ancient legend of Pakwaji, known to the native people who've lived there for millennia, and then a guy in modern times stumbles across one walking his dog. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like what we're talking about today is a smorgasbord of paranormal activity taking place in this triangle, but there doesn't seem like there's a real link to any of this. It started with UFOs, then there's a cliff that just makes people jump off of it. And now there's three-foot little swamp elves yelling things at strangers. It just seems like a bizarre mix of the paranormal. It is. I think that there's a, a, a few different explanations for each one, right? So we have the supposed dark energy that surrounds, and maybe that's to do with the cursed and grief-stricken nature of this area's history that that causes strange things to happen in the woods that we're actually going to talk about soon. But then on top of that, you have a more ancient connection that this is just a ritualistic site, a place with an incredible amount of kind of karmic, paranormal, spiritual energy on account of it being used as a burial ground for so long, yeah. um, where humans and maybe Pukwudgie lived side by side. Uh, <laughs> but then You can't just say things like that. <laughs> you can't just say things like humans and Pukwudgie living side by side. 
with a straight face. Like I'm supposed to just sit here and accept that sentence. But then on top of that, on top of that, you have, sure, (laughs) the aliens. And that does come a little (laughs) bit out of left field. This is like you saying something like, Oh, yeah, there was a massacre that happened here a hundred years ago where a bunch of people were died in a brutal way. That's why they think the Gwumbos and the Tip Tops exist there in this real world. It's like, no, that's not why anything should happen. The Glumbos aren't real. Well, sorry, but actually a lot of people, including Bob, have seen and believe in the Pukwaji. They're not Glumbos. All right, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief to continue because, hey, I like a lot of this stuff. I like the creepy ledge. I like the UFOs in the skies. Maybe not one over yet by the Pukwaji, but I'm here for it. This is what we're here to investigate. Good, because we're not done. <laughs> we haven't even approached potentially the darkest side of the Bridgewater Triangle, which is mad because the Pukwaji pushing people off cliffs is pretty dark. Pretty dark. At the height of the satanic panic in the United States of the 70s and 80s, there really was a satanic cult operating within the Bridgewater Triangle who genuinely killed people and animals. Yikes. They slaughtered goats and stray cats, baptizing their members in warm blood, but at least three women also fell victim to their rituals. Jeez, that's grisly. And it's far from the only terrible crime to be committed in the forests. There are dozens of mysterious murders attributed to this area. Even the famous Lizzie Borden case of 1892 took place in Fall River, the same place as the more modern cult murders. Is it possible that whatever darkness surrounds these woods has created more terrible happenings? Of course, there's always the possibility that brutal murderers were attracted to the woods because of their reputation. Listen, you call a place the Devil's Swamp, it's gonna attract a few Satanists. That's that's just what's gonna happen. That's a real uh, unintended side effect of giving things really glib names, isn't it? I think if they had known the effect that that would have, they would have called it something different. Yeah, just pick a freaking track off my Songs of Praise CD. (laughs) Just call it after that. Blessings of the Lord Swamp. Sure. Eagle's Wings Swamp. I think their idea, to give them credit, was if we name this something evil, people won't go. But what they didn't anticipate was there's sick out there who want to hang out the devil's you're, swamp. You're going to attract all the evil people. But even so, we're not even getting into the sightings of thunderbirds, ghost hitchhikers, zombies, flocks of black helicopters, and countless Bigfoot sightings all taking place within the Bridgewater Triangle. Thunderbirds? The puppets? <laughs> no, the, the Native American cryptids. Oh, right, okay. I was like, the f- Thunderbirds are in the the devil's swamp? That big boulder with markings that slides out of the way and a rocket shoots out? (laughs) It is truly too much for a single episode of this paranormal life. But yet, we must decide on whether this place is truly paranormal or not. Look, I know there's a lot of crazy stuff that's happening in this triangle, but it does sound like an enormous triangle. The reason the Bermuda Triangle is so bizarre and suspicious is because, yes, it is a large part corner slice of the earth but there's nothing there it's just open water that's why it's so weird when planes or ships enter it they go down but we're talking about a huge slice of land where people live where animals live where there's a lot going on i mean could that not be part of the explanations you say satanists live there maybe just looking at that space yeah the odds are that a satanist does probably live in this area i guess but i mean without comparing apples to oranges 
I mean, look at us. We're sitting here on the island of Ireland, and I don't know if we have one of these things in the whole country. I mean, but we have our own versions, right? We have banshees, we have leprechauns, we have doulahans. We don't say that this is a cursed island, the devil's island. Let me get a map so you can see the size. Because I, I want to, I, for myself, even want to know just how big this is. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's small enough that the cryptids residing inside of it need to be three feet tall. I mean, this isn't that helpful, but... It does show that it just links, I mean, a few small uh, towns. It's smaller than I thought. I will be I will be honest with you. Because if you look at this map, I mean, as we mentioned earlier, it's kind of, okay, at the town of Taunton looks to... These all look like made-up names, by the way. But the town of Taunton seems to be at the center of it. But the next biggest one seems to be whatever, Attleboro, Brockton, a bunch of towns I've also never heard of. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not even... Uh, bordering what seems to be one of the more well-known ones, at least uh, Providence or Pawtucket to its west. Yeah, okay, this is smaller than I thought. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, there's an airport. It seems to take up a big chunk of it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's worrying. <laughs> that is worrying. You know, I, I'm not immune, Rory, to the skepticism. I'm not immune to the sensation that a lot of this is a hard pill to swallow. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. It's hard to believe. You know, I will say it, there is a frustrating element to this, the lack of photos, the lack of videos, that if this is supposedly some kind of paranormal Disneyland, some kind of adventure theme park where you go from Taunton to Attleboro and uh, ride the paranormal monorail and see Puckwudgies driving the thing, there should be more physical evidence. Yeah, But, you know, there are paranormal researchers who've investigated here. And I did read about more than one who claimed to have, let's say, dared spirits to attack them in the forest and also in Lizzie Borden's house and they claimed that they were slammed up against a wall or pushed down some stairs. So people in our field of work have said it's real, there's something going on here. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we have a slideshow of presentation photographs to show you. I mean this is the hard thing about cases like this is like all you're wanting is just something to latch on to, a little bit of concrete evidence. But instead of getting a story to the point where you can really believe in it, you get, if you think that was crazy, what about X? And you're like, no, I'm tr still trying to deal with Y here. Like, tell me a little bit more about, uh, I can't tell you about that, but another creature, you're just adding more to the pile instead of elaborating on one of these specific things. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about cases like this. Because this does feel like a personal attack. I'm sorry, which I apologize for. I'm gonna you did a great job. A you did a great job. Uh, Pukwudgie, absolute nonsense. I will not entertain that for a second. But everything else, Rude. it's an interesting case. That's it. I really thought the Pukwudgie was going to get you on side. Maybe if the whole episode was about the Pukwudgie, then I might have entertained it a little bit more. All right, we're beating around the bush. Let's come down on a yes or no. Is the Bridgewater Triangle a paranormal hotbed? No. <laughs> it's a no from me this week, folks. I'm going to go yes. I'm going to go yes. I'm, I'm invested in this case. I'm invested. Uh, there is no way you're giving this a yes. Don't diminish the yes. The yes. You don't diminish <laughs> the puck wedgie. How about that? How about that? How about there's a lot of people who believe in the Pukwudgie for a very long time, and then Rory comes along and just shits all over it. <laughs> I think like two You better start playing some Christian rock because I'm about uh, to beat your ass. Because you're going to hell in a handbasket. 
I think like two weeks ago, I presented a story about a literal government documented craft and a dog fight where like 60 plus military officers said that a captain was shot out of the sky and it was all recorded. And at the end you went, no. <laughs> <laughs> I say no. And now you're and you know sitting there and telling me the puck. What? <laughs> I, I, I showed you a burial ground dating back 9,000 years with untold millions of souls. You didn't, by the way. You didn't show me that. You showed me a rock with I some told scribbles you about it. it. And that is not scribbles. That is ancient carvings from... Now that I think about it, almost certainly Pukwudgie. You didn't even show me a picture of a Pukwudgie, by the way. Well, let's get one. <laughs> the episode's over, but I'm pretty sure this the picture is going to make you regret not this saying crazy. Yeah. Regret. Oh, my God. Based on your facial reactions, I don't think I want to see the Pukwudgie. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. What is so funny? What is so funny about this creature? Not what I thought at all. All right, completely different from the first image you okay. showed me. God damn it. It's a, that's a hedgehog with a staff. They have been known to shapeshift. They really have. Hey, I'm, jo I'm joking around here. Everyone is entitled to their own paranormal beliefs. I respect your yes in the hopes that you respect my no, brother. If you believe in this, the triangle... More power to you, man. I'm about to raise you up with some goddamn secondhand <laughs> angel wings. All right. And then pile drive you through a table. Uh, all right. That is the end of this investigation. We decided, well, we didn't really decide, but we're split opinion. So let us know what you think. Email into this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Hope that was worth the wait, guys. Some of you had been emailing back from 2017. But very inspiring to know that there are cases like that out there just waiting to be plucked. We've had two recent disagreements now when it comes down to conclusions, which is quite worrying because our last disagreement was like the first one in like a hundred episodes or something <laughs> crazy. And now we're basically firing them off back to back. Man, much like uh, American politics, shit's getting polarized. It really is. Fake news. There's going to, our whole audience soon will be Team Rory or Team Kit divided basically like the twilight saga it's gonna be werewolf or vampire which side are you on one side playing christian rock the other playing metallica i guess um thank you so much for listening to this week's episode if you can't get enough this paranormal life and you just can't wait until next week let it be known you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life where there is a a podcast burial ground there is nine thousand episodes waiting to be listened to Right now at the drop of a hat. Not 9,000. I think okay, there's 50. Well, close. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, but that's, that's a year's worth. One year's worth. It takes a long time to make them, all right? Uh, if you sign up for as little as $5, you get access to the entire Patreon bonus episode back catalog um, to listen to right in your podcast app of choice. It's super convenient. We also have a bunch of other tiers where you can get access to even cooler rewards like The After Party, our new weekly show. Oh, yeah. You know what, folks? I'll give that a double yes because it's some of the hottest content we've ever come out with. It's very fun. It's something completely different. Um, you know, because we made the weekly bonus episodes that are essentially more of um, our main product, like this Tuesday main episode, uh, we wanted to do something different on Fridays. And that's a little kickback. It's hot out there. It's summertime. Crack a beer, stick on an after party and join us every Friday. We also have other tiers where you can get entered into a monthly patron only raffle. You can get a limited edition Night of the Commune collector's coin. And if you're lucky and you play your cards right on either of the two top tiers, you can even get a shout out right here on the podcast. It's true. 
Sorry, why not get stuck in? Let's shout out some patrons. Let's go! Thanks to Cole Harkless. Cole Harkless is goddamn heartless. Cold and heartless. This guy's so cold, even the Pukwudgie are scared of him. He hangs on cliffs all day long, but they're like, whoa. They don't have the balls to push him. Thank you to Matthew Richardson. Matthew Richardson, the preacher's son. Uh, no stranger to a Christian rock anthem. Oh, yeah. Great choice, brother. You got to let me. I'm just dipping my toes in the genre. So you got to hit me up with some sweet recommendations. I'll see you up in heaven when the angels come for us both. That, that sounded so like a threat. Why are you so worried? It's strange. <laughs> Thanks to Plum Tree Veneer. You know the Patreon is accessible when a literal plum tree is signed up. What the hell could it have to do with a podcast app? I don't know, but is the fruit up for grabs or is that weird? Is that like grabbing your bits? You could, you could <laughs> you pay know? us. And yeah, maybe the ones at the tops are fine, but the ones in the bottom are uh, a bit I don't weird. Know. Yeah. Shake your branches if it's weird, plum tree. Is that weird to ask you to shake your branches? It seems inappropriate. <laughs> Thank you to Vanessa Lovato. Come on down to Lovato's Gelato. That's right, you can get the iciest, coldest treats for the sunniest days. Ooh, it is boiling in the studio right now, so if we could get some... Gelato. Some gelato up in here, that would be much appreciated. Actually, if we could get the plum tree to do a collaboration with, with Vanessa's gelato. That's the dream. Thank you to Misty Kwasnika. Misty loves hanging out in the devil's swamp. Because everyone always says, oh, it's Misty in the swamp. So people think like it's going to be foggy or something, but no, Misty's just there. Chilling on a tree, chatting to frogs. It's a pretty chill life. Luring people to their demise from sure, underneath yeah. the water. Well, don't tell them that or they won't go. Thank you to Daniel Paulson. Daniel Paulson is pretty impulsive. How so? So just making snap decisions, you know, if if someone is just like, hey, what do you want to do today? Do you want to go to the beach or do you want to go gelato. to the city? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um. Okay. What flavor of gelato do you want? To city. Be beach, whatever. Let's just have to make decisions fast. <laughs> no, well, you said, okay, well, I thought we were doing gelato. You were saying so. Okay, so why don't we go to the beach, did you say, or city? I don't like, I don't like, I don't like gelato. <laughs> I don't like gelato. <laughs> yeah, we moved, <laughs> we moved fast to gelato, so we're too, you're very impulsive. <laughs> Let's get better decision making. Thank you to James Wenkheimer. James Wenkheimer, the old timer. He remembers a day when the swamp was... That's how old he is. He goes back to the origins of the swamp. Before it was the devil's swamp. That's right. Back when it was Christian rock playing from every corner. Oh, yeah. The angels hanging out there. The Pukwudgie were six, seven foot tall at that point. They weren't so malnourished. Thanks to Stephen Kubica. Stephen, are you believing in the work of our Lord and Savior? He's a man who's up on the clouds. What's happening? I'm just wondering if Stephen... Is believing. I did. Like, did you some of the like, sick tax beats. fraud or something? Like, what did you? Why They're are you coming so... for me. The angels are coming for me. They they've got a hit out on me, and I think that they're going to be they're here any assassins. day. <laughs> I think. Thank you to Daniel Monteo Jesus. Daniel, get out. Daniel, you're not welcome in the Patreon. No, we've we've been through this a million times. Get out. You have given us literal thousands of dollars at this point. And it's not enough to make up for what you did. No. It's not. It just isn't. No. They're like, dark shit happens in the commune all the time, but like, there's a line. There is a line and you crossed it. That's why we had to bring in Daniel's Law, which is no Daniels. <laughs> Thank you to Sam. Sam, no stranger to the devil's swamp, because we are looking at Sam the Swamp Jester, supporting oh. us right here on the podcast. What a treat. That's a real flex isn't it to, for someone to say you're not real and then you subscribe to their patreon yeah that's just, pretty just amazing like, 
Yeah, well, this might, you might think I'm real. This is real cash, bitch. <laughs> Sam, I know you have your own microphone, so feel free to guest on the show at some point. Thanks to Todd West. God bless Todd West. Todd Westy is God's bestie. <laughs> Can I hang with you then, Todd? Can I hang with you and maybe you could put in a good word put for me with the angels go, man. Sure. <laughs> Thanks to Matt Gittens. Matt is always getting getting these dollar dollar bills. Yeah. He's always grinded, burning the midnight oil. Sheesh. You know, hustling, bustling, breaking into liquor stores and grabbing Hold the on. money from the Hold cash on. register. Just like he's a hustler. He knows how to get shit That's done. That's not hustling. Yeah, it is. That's theft. Well, it's like, you know, working hard, being an entrepreneur. That, no, nothing what none of this Stealing is. Stealing from no, people. Okay. Starting to see why you need your all the help you can get. Thank you to Charles Sims. Charles Sims? A no, sinner? No, no, Supporting Charles this Sims, show? like the game. Sims. Get him away from me, dude, because when the angels come, <laughs> yeah, I can't have it. Charles anywhere it. near me, honestly. Thanks to Ashley Weeks. Ashley belongs in the swamp because Ashley reeks. Okay, that's quite enough. Not kind. I'm just saying, Ashley, maybe if you go into the devil's swamp and roll about a little bit in the mud, it might take the edge off some of that smell. Maybe the, what are those little guys called? Pukwudgies. Maybe they'll take you in as one of their own. Thanks, lastly, today, but not leastly, to Dragon and Latte. Dragon and Latte is an interesting concept because you wouldn't think dragons would enjoy lattes. They already have a fiery they're throat. Hot all the time. So they would want like an ice. Well, maybe it's maybe an ice, ice latte. latte yeah. Yeah, no, there's, some, there's a business opportunity if you haven't thought about that before. Can we get the gelato person to link up with... Vanessa's gelato. Yeah, get linked up with uh, the dragon latte. It could be a business in there. I'm just saying, guys. Thank you to everyone we've shouted out today and everyone we are yet to shout out next week. We'll be back, of course, on Tuesday with a brand new Paranormal Tale. And later this month with the bonus episode and, of course, on Friday with an after party. Woo! Praise him. <laughs> okay. Praise <quite> him. <laughs> Talk soon, everybody. See you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.